what a joy it is to be with you today to share from the Word. First Samuel chapter 1. First Samuel chapter 1 is where we are. I want to share this morning the story of Hannah, an amazing mother. Behind every great man, every great woman stands a mother. Amen? 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1 says, There was a certain man from Rapha, Ramathiam, a Zephite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jehoram, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, and Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Verse 6. Because the Lord had closed her womb. Notice that. Because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Elkanah, her husband, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you, why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Verse 10. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed the, to the Lord. And she made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. Now down to verse 20. So in the course of time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel because I asked the Lord for him. Let's pray. Father God, I pray on this Mother's Day that you will help us to see how you can bring something powerful out of a time of barrenness wherever we are in our journey just like you did for Hannah. So teach us from her story, from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Of course, we, we thank God for the mothers that have influenced our life today. And today we're going to look at one specific mother, an amazing mother in the Bible, and how God, God used her in the time of difficulty that she went through a time of barrenness, to bring something powerful. In fact, one of the greatest leaders that Israel ever, ever had came from Hannah because of her commitment to God. And what I want you to see this morning is that God uses the barrenness in our life. If we'll let him, he will use the, the barrenness in our life to bring his blessings in our personal journey, in our personal life, in our family, in our church, if we follow the principles that Hannah followed. So watch 
what happened in this passage. I see in this passage that God raised up a leader in the midst of barrenness. That's all over this passage. Israel had come out of a wilderness experience. They came into Canaan, led by Joshua. You know that story well. But after Joshua died, there was a time of barrenness. It's called the time of Judges. Israel did not follow God very well during those, those times. In fact, there was a cycle that went over and over again where it says that in those days everyone did what was right in their own eyes. One judge after another was raised up, but they kept falling back. The people of Israel kept falling, falling back, full of barrenness. And now, at the end of that time of the judges, God raises up, or is about to raise up, a new judge that's going to lead Israel. Notice how he does that. He was born as a result of Hannah's barrenness. Elkanah had two wives, Benina and Hannah. I know that here in America, it's illegal to have more than one wife, I believe. right? But in Africa, uh, it happens all the time. Some of my Muslim friends told me that uh, they can have up to four wives, according to the, the Quran. But whether, whether you have two or four or more, oftentimes in a marriage like that, there are problems. Look what happened in this situation. Elkanah loved Hannah more than he loved, than he loved Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah did not. And what I find interesting in this text is that the Bible says twice, God closed her womb. God closed her womb. Out of that closed womb, God brought a solution. Out of Hannah's barrenness, God was about to bring up, raise up an amazing leader. If you study the history of Israel, you'll see that many times God brought barrenness out of men, out of a man and, and a woman who could have no children. Remember the story? Look at the, the patriarchs, Abraham and his wife, Sarah. They were barren, right? To them was born Isaac. Even Isaac and Rebekah were barren for a while. Out of that barrenness came Jacob. And even Jacob and Rachel, one of those four wives that Jacob had, they had trouble, or she had trouble getting, getting pregnant. And eventually, Joseph was born. Look how God used all three of those great men. In the New Testament, Zechariah and Elizabeth couldn't have any children. Out of that barrenness, who was born? John the Baptist. Do you see the application for your church and your life today? I've been told that for the last year, this church has gone through a time of barrenness. I hope I'm not saying something that's out of place. Because you haven't had a lead pastor. Pastor. 
You've had wonderful people to, to preach. But I know that one of your heart's cry is, God, give us a pastor. Give us a pastor that can lead us. I believe that God wants to bring you a full-time pastor out of your barrenness. It seems to me that even God, according to this passage, sometimes causes barrenness to happen to bring out something wonderful. What do you think? Maybe during this time, this one year that you've been waiting, God is, has been refining you, has been shaping you, has been preparing, been preparing you for something new, so a breakthrough for a leader that will lead this church. As I was meditating on this passage, I was thinking maybe that leader might come from this church. Maybe from outside. Who knows? Maybe in your life today, maybe in your family, you might be going through a time of barrenness. I feel like my wife and myself, we are uh, going through that time because we've just come back from Africa and now we have to uh, prepare at the end of this year to enter a new phase. So there's a time of barrenness, but barrenness is not all bad if we will allow God to speak to us and draw us to himself because God wants to bring about a breakthrough in our time of barrenness. Does that make sense to you? If, if you'll let, let, it, let it happen. God raises up leaders when we pray desperately. God raises up leaders and gives us a breakthrough, whatever that situation is, when we pray with a desperation. Notice how Hannah prayed. What did she do in her time of barrenness? Did she give up? Did she complain? No. She prayed. The principle I see here is that, is that in the midst of her barrenness, Hannah's, Hannah not only prayed, but she prayed an extraordinary prayer. She prayed, my Bible says, desperately. There was a strong hint of desperation. The text says she mourned in her prayer. She cried in her prayer. She prayed with tears. She prayed persistently. And she prayed specifically. She prayed to Jehovah Sabaoth, God Almighty, the Lord of hosts, that he would break through and give her a son. It was, a, it was the result of a desperate a desperately praying mother that God raised up one of the greatest leaders of Israel. So in your barrenness, in our barrenness, we've been praying and you and I must pray. Pray desperately. Pray with all our heart. It will probably look a little different in each of our lives, depending on our personality and our passion, what that prayer looks like. But it will probably come out of brokenness. 
that prayer may be full of tears. Even if we're unemotional people. But, for sure, it will be a persistent prayer. A prayer that you pray again and again. It will be a specific prayer. So, I would encourage you, whatever this time of barrenness might be in your life, whether it's for the church, finding a, a, lead, a lead pastor, or your own in your own journey, that you ask God to show you how to pray. How to pray. Tell God, I want to break through in my life. Yesterday, um, I turned 65. And in this journey, there are times of, of barrenness. I can, I can testify about that. And they all happen not only here in America, but in Africa, maybe more so in Africa or wherever when you live cross-culturally. But if you will pray, if you will call out to God in, with a desperate cry, I promise you that God will break through in your life and he'll meet that need that you're crying out for. God raises up leaders if we will be committed. Look at how Hannah was so committed in this prayer. She, she actually made a vow. Remember what that vow was? She said, Lord, if you give me a son, I will give him back to you. It's an amazing prayer for a, a, mother, a, a, a mother that had no children. You give me a son, I'll give him back to you. And then she said, also, Lord, I will set him apart. He won't, I won't cut his hair. And one translation says they even said that, I, she even said, I won't give him any alcoholic drink. He'll, he'll, be, he'll be a Nazarite. Someone set apart for your glory. Set apart for your honor. Anna probably took little Samuel. I've got a I've got a grandson there in Marion, Indiana. He's about three. I love that little guy. You know, you, us grandparents we love those grandchildren, don't we? Grandchildren. And I I can't imagine. I'm just the grandfather, taking little Caleb, that's his name, and taking him to the temple and giving him to someone like Eli and those Grandpa Eli and those wicked uncles, you know? Ah! That's commitment. Some people might call it something else. <laughs> that's what she vowed. You give me a son, I'll give him back to you. And I'll, I'll raise him. The little part I have, he may have been three to five years old from what I've read. Three to five years old. Taking him to the temple. Giving him to the priest there. Maybe Hannah saw something. The text doesn't tell us exactly, but maybe she saw it's time for a deliverer. The judges have failed. Our people are falling away. God Raise up someone to lead this church. Well, to lead these people in the Old Testament context. Maybe she saw that. 
And God answered her prayer by raising up someone to lead Israel. Of course, Samuel, the author of this book, saw there was a need for an amazing leader, or a powerful leader, a great leader to lead Israel out of their difficulties. So what about you this morning? Whatever it is that you want God, whatever way you want God to break through in your life, in the church, in your family, in your time of barrenness, I want to ask you this question. How committed are you? What kind of a vow would you make? Should you make? Does God want you to make? Be careful. Don't make a vow that you may not keep. That might bring a curse upon you. Maybe God wants you to make a vow today, for example, to say, Lord, as you raise up the leader to lead this church, I will support him or her. I will pray for them. I will, I will do whatever you want me to, because I'm going to work right behind him or her to lead this church, to reach out to this whole community in Greenfield and beyond. Maybe God's calling you to lead the church. You have other plans, you know, but God is, is something is burning in your heart. I want you. God does that many times. He raises the leader out of the very same congregation. Maybe he, he wants to do that. And you have to make a vow of, if you want me to do it, here are my Lord. Send me. I can't do it, but I know if you call me, you'll empower me. You'll help me to do what you call me to do. Can you make a, a vow of obedience that I'll do whatever you, you, you show me you want me to do so that there will be a, break, a breakthrough in the barrenness in my life, my family, in the church without a pastor? What is God asking you to do? To be a godly father? To be a godly mother? To do something? Ask him. Ask him to show you. It seems to me those deep prayers oftentimes come out of a time of brokenness. A time of barrenness. Then make the vow. Make the commitment. God, I'll obey your voice. You be in my helper. I'm not going into this alone. I can't. We can't. But you being my helper, I'll trust you to give me a breakthrough. So God wants to raise up leaders. He wants to help us to have a, a breakthrough, whatever that, that issue is he wants to do in our life, if, if we don't get sidetracked. It's so easy in this journey when God shows you to do something to get sidetracked. Look what happened to Hannah. First of all, there was the co-wife, Penina. Penina. She purposefully and continually insulted Hannah. Can't you just see her? Too bad you can't have any children. Look at mine. Here they are, crying, singing, talking, playing, making fun of this co-wife who had no children. She could have easily given up. 
even, even divorced Elkanah and left. There's a good chance, by the way, that uh, from what some scholars believe, that she was probably the first wife, couldn't have any children, so as much, much of the Middle Eastern culture, even in Africa, you can't have a child. One wife, take another wife. That may, be, may have been what happened. But she did not give up. Some scholars believe that even Elkanah, her husband, didn't understand. How many of us husbands sometimes don't understand? Huh? It's happened to me, I'm sure, many times. Look what he said to her. Hannah, why are you still weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? I think that was kind of the attitude he had. And she could have easily got sidetracked. The text doesn't tell us that she did. The text doesn't tell us that she reacted angrily. She just listened. So the warning is, don't let your husband or your wife or your children sidetrack you whenever God is showing you something he wants you to do. Even the godly man, right? Even the godly man was the one who was supposed to, who's supposed to lead you. Even the pastor, you know. Sometimes the pastor, the priest, they can get us sidetracked. What happened with Eli? Here this godly woman, Hannah, is praying for a breakthrough. And Eli is looking at her, and he thinks she's drunk. He accuses her of being a wino. That had to be a stab in her heart. Did she give up? No. She explained her situation. So as a church and as followers of Christ Jesus our Lord, whether you're looking for the pastor that God's raising up or you're looking for a breakthrough in your situation, in your life, in your barrenness, do not allow other people to get you sidetracked. Do not allow people or situations to get you sidetracked. Unfortunately, as, as all of us can testify, people can let us down. They don't always mean to. Sometimes they do, but they can they can get us, they they can get let us down. They sometimes say things that seem to insult you. They don't understand what you're going through. But as we sang today, the focus is not on the circumstance here. The focus is on God. Our focus has to be on Him. That's what Hannah was so focused on. God, Jehovah Sabiah, I'm focused on you. And she would not, she refused to be sidetracked. So don't carry grudges. Amen. Don't carry grudges against those people who have tried to sidetrack you. Forgive them. Like Jesus said, forgive them. Let it go. Keep your eyes on Jesus and what he's focused, what he's spoken about into your life. And finally, remember this. When God raises up leaders and he helps us through that barrenness, I promise you, he will bring times of blessings. God will bring times of blessings out of that barrenness. Look what happened to Hannah. After she took little Samuel 
and gave him to the temple and left him at the temple. Look what God did for her. He blessed her with five more children after Samuel. And God used her son to be a great blessing to all of Israel. God anointed him by his spirit. I love this part in, in, in chapter 2 of verse 21, second part, which says, little Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. I love that statement. Because one of my prayers for my own journey is, God, I want to experience your presence in a deeper way. I know that every time we gather, he's among us. As we walk with him, he lives within us, okay? So his presence is always there, but sometimes his presence is overwhelming. Sometimes his presence will change everything. That's what happened in the great Pentecost in the book of Acts and across church history. And so I like this phrase that little Samuel, he was blessed by growing up in the presence of the Lord. He was at Shiloh. That's where the tabernacle, the the, 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 the temple was. Technically it was a tabernacle. And that's where the Ark of the Covenant was. And God blessed that little guy. Hallelujah. He grew up to become one of the greatest leaders in Israel. And he anointed this little guy who grew up under in the presence of God. He anointed the first two kings of Israel. King Saul, King David. So as you wait and pray and commit yourselves to God, in your search for a leader, or in your search for a breakthrough in your barrenness. Wait in faith. Pray. Commit yourself to God. And expect God to bring blessings into your church, into your life, into your family. It was about eight years ago we were doing home ministry, partnership development, lived in Marion, Indiana. Our son, Nathan, and his wife, Kimberly, he's our second-born son, had been married for seven years, no children. Kimberly loves children. And she told us that she literally hated Mother's Day. She didn't want to go to church on Mother's Day. Because it reminded her of her failure to produce a child. They went to a doctor. We were there in Marion at the time. And they called us to the house. And they gave us the report from the doctor. The doctor said, medically speaking, there's little chance that you're going to have a child. We wept with them. We prayed with them. And we kept on praying. Remember, that's about eight years ago. In July 2013, actually July 15th, Nathan and Kimberly drove to a hospital in Florida to get Isaiah James Cromer, their first son that they they adopted. He's almost six now. They took him home from from the hospital. 
24 hours, of course, here from Florida. Two years later, remember that little guy Caleb I told you about? Caleb Jonathan Cromer was born in Kimberly's womb. And then Gracie Eliana came. She's about one now. And today, Kimberly is about five or six months pregnant. She's going to give birth to another child in August. I want you to know at Brookhaven Wesleyan Church in Marion, Indiana, there's a mother that's not sad today. She is rejoicing because she's no longer barren. She has been blessed. And now we, <coughs> grandparents, are enjoying those blessings. And I'm praying and I'm believing that her children are going to be great leaders in the kingdom. Because as I study history, as I told you, that's what happens out of barrenness. God bring, does something amazing with those children that are born. That's what I'm praying for. I hope I'll live to see some of those answers to prayer. So my brothers, my sisters, I want to encourage you to follow the principles that Hannah and the Word of God gives us. Even in the midst of barrenness, God wants to do something. Don't forget that. In times of barrenness, don't give up. Pray desperately. Don't get sidetracked. In your, in, in your barrenness, trust God that he will bring forth amazing blessings so that he can be glorified. So trust him. God has a plan for the leader for this church. And whatever it is, the barrenness that you're going through, that you might be going through in your life, if you believe, my Bible says, you'll receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Amen? So as we close today, as Ron to the team come to sing the last song, lift that area of barrenness. If you, if you have no spiritual barrenness and barrenness in your life, nothing that really spoke to you there, pray for this church and that barrenness of needing a pastor, but begin to pray with all your heart, desperately. And let's see what God will do. Amen.